Well, hey, youth, what's going on? Welcome to Youth After Dark. My name is Nick, joined here with my wife, Brooke, and as always, Pastor Brian, hey, hey. Leanna, hey. Pete over here on the side. Uh, we just wrapped up an amazing night. Yes. Uh, here, here and now. What? You're on another planet I, I, right I always... You're on another planet no, right man, now. You're way off. Anti-hero. Wait, I thought, but I thought anti-hero you, was the... the no, we the, changed the series. It was going to be that. It was going to be here now. Yes, on Planning Center. It says here okay. now. No, no, no. All right, so I'm not crazy. No, you're not crazy. You didn't just pull that out of thin air. But no. we did wrap up anti-hero. <laughs> okay. I will be talking with the one who handles Planning Center. Yeah. <laughs> it, I, it's actually, I have access to be able to change yeah, that stuff. So it's partially on me as well. There we go. Extreme ownership. <laughs> yeah, extreme ownership. Hey, that one's on me. So, yeah, we finished up this series, Anti-Hero. Save the best for last. The best for last. Right. The best for last. Because who's the, the best ultimate? For best. Hey. Whoa. The ultimate The best is yet anti. to come. The ultimate <laughs> hand, come Anti-Hero. Is there anybody more? Did I didn't get a preach on Samson and Delilah. Oh, we talked about that. Dang. That was perfectly timed. <laughs> Anyway, I still think uh, hang out, hang out too much. when when you actually look at Paul not through just historical lenses, but actually of like, hey, this was a person who did truly terrible things to our people, like Christians, mm. um, and then to see the significant things that he does for God. Uh, you know, Paul as just a historical figure of just being a Hebrews, Hebrews, where he went to school, how he was trained. I mean, he he, he had the Pentateuch memorized, the Torah memorized, uh, an, an unbelievable intellect. Uh, even when you just look at uh, Paul, you know, even through a secular lens, it's just a great mind, great debater, uh, uh, unbelievable writer. I mean, just as, like a scholar, really. Um, and then for God to use his gifts and talents for his glory and for the advancement of the gospel, uh, just love it. And then across his life, obviously, we joked before. We cut it. We cut a whole conversation. I wasn't going to yeah. bring it up. We but cut I was a whole conversation we had about the Apostle Paul. Um, <laughs> the thorn. Yeah. But, uh, but, yeah, that's what we wanted to wrap. And basically, just the principle of, like, I, I didn't really get a hit on it too much, but uh, just about how God was so patient, mm. patient with Paul. Yeah, and uh, with with him obviously persecuting the church and killing Christians, and you know the stoning of Stephen and just going door to door, and so uh, I mean the Book of Acts is is kind of broken up into two parts. You have that first part that's kind of it follows Peter, yeah. and then it kind of switches over to following the Apostle Paul and the influence that he had on planting churches and uh, in in his apostolic gifting one of the things i didn't mention mention in in my preach but one of the things that always bothers me and i was listening to a podcast or jay jay's fault he shows me this podcast right and the god's basically talking about how he's calling out people this is a podcast he's calling people out right and his reasoning for this is that the apostle paul did it called out i think it's maybe like a handful of times he calls people out by names and i'm like you're not the Apostle Paul, though, okay? Like, what are we talking about? Like, the Apostle Paul had a unique divine authority within first century uh, apostolic gifting. Second, he planted those churches. So just because the Apostle Paul calls people out in the, in, 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 in the divine scriptures, like the God-breathed revelatory scriptures, 
doesn't mean you get to call people out online. Okay, that is not an excuse to call people out. You're not the Apostle Paul. That always frustrates That's me. That's dangerous territory to be in. You're not him, you know. You're not him. You're not that's him. Like, <laughs> that's like being like, yeah, I go around and I tell people they're doing hypocritic things because Jesus didn't. Yeah, right. Once I'm like, not here I, flipping tables. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I walked in the church floor. I just flipped the cafe table. I was like, enough of this. <laughs> Jesus did it. It's that, like, no. That is wild. I, and he, does he listen to this podcast? Or yeah, he, he does. Do? He's a wow. huge listener, huge fan. <laughs> All right. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but, no, it was, I forget. I, I literally couldn't even tell you who it was. Jay showed me it. But he's like, bro, what did you think of this? And I was like, that kills me. It kills me when people say that. Like, you're not the yeah. Apostle Paul. You do not have the authority yeah. that he had. Or, like, the, like the reputation or, like, the uh, what word am I looking for here? The uh, equity rapport, rapport, and none of those things yeah. that the apostle Paul. Yeah, had. like so. But uh, again, I, 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 my favorite book in the Bible, Romans. Obviously, love Romans. I mean, it's top two. Top two. Really? Next, it's the Revelation. Two? Two, ah, obviously, God, I, I was gonna say top two, not two, but I'm like, nah. It's, it's what, top five for sure. What do you? What, what are you? What, yeah, what are you saying? I mean, what's yours? What's yours? I mean, if I'm doing like a top five, Roman, Romans, Acts. So it is one. Leviticus. I'm Nailed kidding. it. Nailed it. Oh, probably Esther. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I love I love all the books the same. Uh, Galatians. Like <laughs> okay, so. I just feel like I have to address this. If yeah. you d- haven't already realized, this is not Brooke. If this you're is not, not my wife. The pod, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're listening Special only. guest on the <laughs> pod tonight, Ennis. Hey, Ennis. tribal leader, Hello. tribe united. Welcome, welcome. Yes. Not, not tribe royalty. Hey. Hey. I heard people chanting tribe alpha tonight. Really? And I was like, it's outlaw. <laughs> yeah, no, it's tough. Once you get it down, it's, though, it's hard. People, it's like, like by the time people get used to it. There's it so changes. many good. Yeah. It changes. And there's so the many only good, thing that's constant like, is change. Th- they were just great tribes last time around, too. They were, they were, they yeah. were great tribes. 100%. They were very good. Yeah. And then it was Christmas launch night tonight. That was Christmas. Fun. Christmas yeah, launch. And it's talked to us about your tribal war. That was so fun. I love the tribal war. It was very creative. Are you good at rapping like gifts? I'm not. <laughs> I'll be honest, I'm not. Um, yeah. Ellie, Ellie is. She does the I, I always use that as like a great opportunity to be like, that's the rapping that I'm not good at. And then oh people God. are like, oh, okay, I see what you did the there. Dad jokes just. Here's the great thing is in. like, Brooke has heard that a million times, but when I say it to people, they're like, oh, okay. And LOL. I'm like, gosh. There's <laughs> Brooke just roll her eyes like, ugh. I'll, I'll, again. I, I could tell a joke and like, Brian will be like dying laughing, and Brooke will be like, he says that all the time. And I'm like, <laughs> Wait, he she she tries that. to ruin it, yeah. I I'm, and I hate it because I'm having a good laugh. Right? You know? I'm enjoying it. Let us have this moment. <laughs> Welcome on the pod, Ennis. No, the tribal war is This fun. is, yeah. I think, was, I think it was very creative. Uh, tribes got to work together. It's, yeah. It's, tribe Goat took, took it home. The Goat. Tribe Goat, they might be. Goat rolls, man. Dude, they. My gosh. They are the sleeper pick they, of they, this they tribe. They took that name on and they were yeah. like, we are. We are the they're, I hate using this comparison, but they're like when the Eagles play the Patriots in the Super Bowl. <laughs> no one gave them a shot. Oh. And, you know, the, I, I feel like. Didn't the Eagles lose? No, no. They, 2004. They 2018. Oh, it's it's not oh like trust a, me. I, it's a specific I'm still reference. hearing about it yeah, yeah. five years later. <laughs> 
But yeah, <laughs> Tribe Goat, you, you, you got fifty years. My you brother. have to give them credit. <laughs> you got to give them credit. I mean, they just they came out hey, guns you get a blazing. The ring, you get the ring, you know. That's it. Like Court, Courtney Fields is just absolutely leading them. Leading the Fields. Yeah. Shout out Fields. Yes. That's good. We got questions tonight, Nick. Hectic. Love the questions. questions. I I love the questions that they're coming in because there was like a while where people just weren't texting them in. I, I f- it's based on the depth of these questions. They yeah. were just thinking about them. For it months. wasn't even like <laughs> the the questions went from like one being like semi like good and then to being like Pastor Brian like what's your favorite movie to now like they're getting deep. It's real deep. But that's why we're here. That's why we're here. Yeah. We do this. We're, we're going here to deeper. Dive in. If deep you're dive. listening right now, it's because you want to go to the next level. Yeah. Whole nother level. A whole nother level. The first question that we have tonight, uh, Pastor Brian, what does the Bible say about cursing? Say whatever you want. No, I'm kidding. I'm (laughs) kidding. Words don't have power. (laughs) Sticks and stones. Say what you need to say. Say what you need to say. John Mayer, come on. You like John Mayer? Big John Mayer guy. Nuh-uh. Big John Mayer guy. Really? um, Dennis? Brooke actually got me... Tickets to go see him. I, honestly, it's I didn't great. know too much about him, but at my job, they started playing him a lot. It's so way better than Jack Johnson, that's for sure. No, no, no. Jack Johnson for life. <laughs> Banana pancakes? I'm all set. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I really don't like either. Anyway. Um, Mid. No. I'm yeah. offended. We're friends. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's okay. April always puts him on. And it's like it's just a bit it's like. Fine. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. There was a period of time I listened to. John Mayer, good bit. I mean, yeah. If you're not like a fan of him, you're very much just like, oh, this is just like good background music. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know what's funny about this question is like I had this question when I first became a believer, and I think because I just once you like cuss, it's hard to not cuss. Yeah. Like that was something that I had to kind of like get used to. Just like you just do it with your friends and talking, you think it's cool or whatever. And so the Bible does have a lot to say about the power of the tongue, about the words that you mm. use, about wholesome having wholesome talk, yeah. not having crude talk. And so uh, it's not only it, the, the Bible speaking to swear words and curse words. It's actually the, the content of what you're saying. That's good. And so the Bible actually does speak a lot to that. Uh, your words matter. They have an effect that it, it, your words, um, it has an impact and, and God cares about the words that you're speaking. And so the Bible does speak a lot to that. Let me do a quick search and I'll speak to speak to that real quick. Well, even when you say that, I, I think there's a verse in the Bible where it says uh, we'll have to give an account for everything that we say. Ouch. And when you think about yeah. that, you're like. We're going <sighs> to mute your mic now. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> it's, it's, it's heavy. So you walk around and it makes you um, want to speak life and want to speak encouragement. And it's like easy yeah. to forget. But and you think about that and you have that view and perspective, you're like, well, yeah, I don't really need to be cursing. Or like saying anything to be slow healthy. to speak as well. Right. There's a reason why we should because. God wants you to think about what you're saying. I feel like I'm gonna be like at the gates of heaven. They're just gonna be like going down a transcript. Like, I don't, I don't. Yeah. That doesn't sound like me. I don't, you I don't were remember like that. Super sarcastic. What? <laughs> no. <laughs> Always grace. So here it is, Colossians three eight. Uh, but now you must put a, put a wet, put them all away: anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Ephesians four twenty one. 
of 429, let no corrupt talk come out of your mouths, but mm -hmm. only what is such as good for building up as fits for the occasion. Mm -hmm. uh, Matthew 12, 36, I tell you one day, the judgment will give an account for every careless word they speak. Mm -hmm. James 3, 10, from the same mouth comes blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Ephesians 5, 4, that there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, and said that there be thanksgiving. So the Bible just speaks again and again. Uh, Proverbs 21, whoever keeps his mouth and his tongue keeps him out of trouble. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, so the Bible does speak clearly to that, and it speaks clearly. Because I always, I used to try to, like, ration it, like, oh, but, you know, con contextually, culturally. Yeah. Uh, but the Bible actually speaks to wherever you find yourself and to whatever culture you find yourself uh, to have wholesome talk. And so, yeah, that was a good question. Yeah. Yeah, I remember when I was in high school, like, I, I, I used to curse a lot, and I just did it because I thought it was cool. I know. Yeah, but... But now when you say it, you're like, dude, you're yeah, not cool. Not, <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Yeah, not Get a better vocabulary. You're trying too hard, bro. <laughs> no, I, I agree with what you said when, like, if you weren't a Christian and you always used profanity and then you get saved, there's, like, a period where you're like, oh, like... You realize the in, the intentionality behind your words. And more so, it's just like the, I feel like it's just a spirit and just a presence that you carry when, mm. you know what I'm saying, you choose to just constantly be cussing, constantly like, just using. Like, does it, like, the room changes, doesn't it? It does. Like, it does. Like, it if you're tense. at, like, a family gathering or something and someone just, like, they're going off. It's yeah. like. The tension, the, the whole room, it shifts, yeah. you know? So that's that's partly what they're talking about as well in scriptures. Like, yeah. That, that tonal shift, and it's like we can choose to either contribute to yeah. that or to contribute to it being one of life and the uplift, you know? Yeah, and, I mean, as Christians, we're called to a higher standard, and mm -hmm. we're called to so be just intentional, like I said, with our language, with just how we carry ourselves. And if we're walking around talking like everybody, yeah. then, I mean, what sets us apart? What exactly. You know what I'm saying? That's good. Yeah, I guess the question, like a better question would be, is that why do you want to use profane language? Yeah. Why do you want to care? Ask why do you want to curse? Yeah, yeah because it's, it's often a, a probably a deeper-rooted issue of just acceptance and approval, mm -hmm. wanting to fit in, maybe having insecurities. And so, yeah, I mean, the Bible is clear on that. And like Nick's saying, God has called us to be holy, which mm -hmm. is to be set apart and unique and different. And so, yeah, we, we, we speak uplifting and encouraging and edifying mm -hmm. yeah. and blessings and not curses. Yeah. And for some of us, it's like, that sounds like death, but sometimes we are called to die to ourselves, literally. Yeah, So great. it's like the death to that, you know, that might be something that for someone that's hearing this right now, that's yeah. like, that sucks. Maybe this is one of those things that God's asking you to put on the altar and actually let go of and let that's die. Really cool. Well, when it comes to like so music too, like that, yeah. that's always, that's always been a big thing. Cause I have friends garbage that do, garbage I have, <laughs> I have friends that do music and, and some of them use profanity in their music. And like my parents would be like, I just like, why do they, why do they use profanity? Mm -hmm. And from like an artist standpoint, they're like, they try Later. and validate it as like, Oh, like some things that like, I want to say, like, I just feel like if I use profanity, the emotion comes through. But like when, when I would do like my own music, I would never use profanity just because I'm like one, like. Shout out Adrian King. One, <laughs> my my Spotify Wrapped just came. Like my artist Spotify Wrapped, which is wild, because like I had like over wow. like seventy five hundred minutes of my music streamed this year. I'm like, how are people still listening to this? Haven't released <laughs> anything in like four years. Oh, it's incredible. That's why. <laughs> it's but I will good. say that not only 
did I not like use profanity in my music because I'm like yeah. one I'm called to a higher standard, a holy standard of not using that or not talking like mm-hmm. that. But two, I just feel like when you use that in your music, you are limiting yourself to people who would listen to it. Because like when I was growing up, my mm-hmm. parents were like, hey, you're not going to listen to that music. You're not going to like let that type of stuff fill your ears. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's a big part of it too. But Massive, massive. It is one of those things, like the words that you hear and the, the words that you use. All right, I wanted to real quick just hit on my leaders meeting that I talked about, uh, just about being a lifelong learner, lifelong leader. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's important if you want to be a leader, you should be a learner. Actually, yeah. I don't think you can be a leader without being a learner. And I think one of those, uh, one of the things that will stop you from being a learner are insecurities. And insecure people are know-it-alls. Like that, that yeah. is a mask that they wear because they are insecure um, and they're, they're looking for validation in what they know. And so I think being a, a learner is just so important, specifically as Christians, because there's always things for us to learn and know. Yeah. It, it's, it's, you know, God is inexhaustible in yeah. that, in us searching him and knowing him. And so I just had three quick things, uh, three points for being a lifelong learner. Number one yeah, if you never arrive, you'll never deal with entitlement, meaning uh, that sense of pride that you know it all. Oh, I got it. You know, th- you start carrying that. Like, if you... I've arrived. I am. I've done it. I'm right. him. I'm here. I'm him. I, I don't you know, have to ask I've questions. I've earned this place. I've right. earned, yeah. Why ask questions? Why learn? I know it all. Yeah. Um, number two, uh, learning how to say the same thing but different. Um, I think it's just so massive. It, it's I think so much of leadership is that it's not saying something new. It's just saying something old. Uh, you know, like yeah. when you look at the Old Testament and you see God more has to remind the people of God than teach the people of God. It's like they, they, they know they're off track and then they need to be reminded. And then pick the moments you're going to learn. I think just being intentional about being a learner, meaning like, hey, this time I'm going to learn. I'm going to set aside. I'm going to read. I'm going to listen to a podcast. I'm going to you know have conversations, whatever that looks like. But I just think it's so important for specifically students, high school, middle school, uh, young believers, just to keep that spirit of, hey, I don't know it all. I want to learn. I want to, you know, read, listen, resource myself, and grow in my knowledge of God and leadership and life. I think it's important. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. We ready for this question? Oh, boy. Are you going to read it? Yeah, I got to. I I I like like I put some time on on this one. Yeah, I, I, yeah usually this. I I could just kind of answer them off the top, but I wanted yeah. to I I wanted off to put a little. When I when one. I read this question, I was like, I, I can't wait to ask this. Yeah, it's a good and. Uh, yad, group chat, I love it. <laughs> Whew. this one's saucy. Saucy. <laughs> the Bible tells us that our death dates are determined from the very beginning of our lives and it is our choice how we spend that time in relationship with Jesus or without. Can our free will change that? For example, the terrorist attacks on 9-11. I'm sure as those planes were going down, there was revival, but were all of those people destined to leave earth that same exact day or did the actions of others change that? All right. Easy. <laughs> yeah, it, it, this question is more like an onion that you need yeah. to kind of pe- keep yeah. peeling layers out. It's also an incredibly complex, deep, theological, philosophical 
question that people have debated for a long time. Yeah. So I want to give you just like my perspective on this. And I think that the way that you answer this question could be a pendulum. You, you could swing one way or the other. I want to try to stay in the middle here. Uh, but just the idea of de destination and determination, um, just because something is destined to happen doesn't mean it was determined to happen. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's funny. when th That question, I, I think, feels so heavy because 9-11 is the exa example right, used, yeah. right? But take it, somebody dies because they ate too much and they were obese their entire life. Yes. Uh, let, let's simplify it a little bit. You w then Now just ask that same question, but use that as an example, yeah. right? So obviously their free will played into that. Um, really, the, the, the one of the big points in First and Second Thessalonians is that God's will and our means are always tied together. Um, they're, they're not distinct and unique, meaning that God is always sovereign and we still have free will uh, in it. And so there's an example, though, that uh, I wanted to, I'm not going to read you the whole thing. I just want to summarize the point. You can read the scripture. Read First uh, Samuel 23, verse 1 through 13. It's a nice chunk of scripture, uh, but it's basically David uh, dealing with a prophet, having an issue um, with uh, Kelah, Kela, Kela, I think I'm saying that right. I'm horrible with Hebrew. Um, but I want to read you kind of the, the, one of the answers that is given here. This is, so basically what's happening here is David is dealing with an enemy, an adversary, and he's talking to a prophet. And basically what the prophet sees doesn't come to pass because of the wisdom that David uses. And so actually what was for what was prophesied about doesn't come to pass because of the decisions that David made. And so um, the passage clearly establishes that divine foreknowledge does not uh, necessitate divine predestination. This passage clearly establishes that divine foreknowledge does not necessitate divine predestination. God foreknew what Saul would do and what the people of Keilah would do given a set of circumstances. In other words, God foreknew a possibility, but this foreknowledge did not mandate that that possibility was actually predestined to happen. The events never occurred. So by definition, they could have been predestined, and yet the omniscient God did not indeed foresee them predestination and foreknowledge are separable. And so um, the theological point can be summed up this way. That which never happens can be foreknown by God, but it is not predestined since it never happened. Does that make sense? It's a big, it's a big thought there. And so again, there's a, there's a pendulum here that you can really go on the side of free will that is like, God's not in control and like people just do whatever they want. And right. then you're kind of left that that can lead you to a place of like, well, why do I have faith then? Why am I mm -hmm. praying? And then you can go to the other side where you, you, you can arrive at the same conclusion because, well, God is so sovereign and God is so in control that I don't need to, I don't need to do anything because God's right. will will be done, which takes us to kind of another thought to have is, well, if God is so sovereign, um, does God's will always happen? Which is a big question in scripture. Right. Is God so sovereign, perfect, holy, omniscient, all-knowing, all-powerful, everywhere at once? Um, 
but we see like, you know, God's will is that none would perish, right? Right. And so you have God's perfect will and God's permissible will. God's perfect will, which is God, that doesn't always happen, which is mm-hmm. that he wished none would perish and all would heal and be restored. But God's permissible will does always happen, meaning if God wants it done, it's going to get done. And mm-hmm. so the, the, the idea is that we have free will on earth. Um, we have been given choice. We have been given opportunity. We can live our lives. We will do what we do. Um, and God is going to be sovereign over it all. And so no matter what kind of choice you pick, no matter what you do, God is still going to be in control. He's still going to be able to, to work and move and show up and, and, and not choose not to show up in circumstances. And so I think that that's one of the, the, um, the t- again, this is such a, 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 a big question, but it's also the distinction between God knowing and God causing, right? Yes. Just because God knows something is going to happen doesn't mean that God is the cause of it happening. Right. And so, again, these are a, a, such a big theological question. Um, and so I think our role is to trust in the sovereign God, which Scripture is yeah. very clear that God is sovereign. Um, trust he's good, trust that he loves us, trust that he's for us, and we operate in that, and then we rest in that, but we still are called to live a life of faith and in obedience. Again, if you get a chance, the first and second Thessalonians aren't long books, but that is a theme that's kind of tied in there, and when you figure that out, that God's God's will and our means are always tied together, meaning he's always going to work and be sovereign within our will. Um, it makes it go, okay, well, my, my role then is just to be obedient, to trust mm-hmm. him, to follow him, and then he's going to uh, he's gonna be do, do what God does and be sovereign. It, yeah. it is interesting the way that that, that question is phrased. Um, it, it's, it, can their free will change that? It, but it's their free will that got them there. Right. And so mm-hmm. that, that's what's kind of the interesting uh, tension within that question. Again, I think just simplifying it to go, hey, let's take it out of 9-11 and just making it really practical. And it's about somebody who overeats and is just unhealthy. And that leads them to a certain lifestyle or certain. You could say that about like a car accident. Car accident. Yeah. Sure. Um, you know, it was that person's free will to get in there and turn the car on and drive. And so, um Again, this is like very heady. People have argued it for six, you know, six hundred years, um, just about the sovereignty and the free will and the tension there. Um, to know that we do have free will, we have one hundred percent free will, and God is one hundred percent sovereign. Yeah. Quick answer. Yeah. Easy answer. You know? I, again, it's... I I hope I was able to to give enough clarity to it again yeah. it, it, it's, it's it's a loaded question and it's, it's so loaded and it's easy to get caught up on certain pieces of it i think for me the context i have to remind myself even when people like talk about covid or something like that it's like the thing i have to remind myself is like god's not surprised right and that's where i think like i can rest in that sovereignty because it's like i'm surprised by stuff all the time <laughs> things people do choices people make or just the world events whatever but like in reality like god's not surprised but obviously things are happening that are, like, not Shocking. chill, right. <laughs> not I mean, cool. When you read the book of Revelations, too, and it's, like, end times, like, there's going to be war, there's going to be poverty, yeah. there's going to be famine. And so in God's providence and in his sovereignty, um, he has given people free will. And, and yeah, again, it, th- this is like a pendulum where you can kind of swing. Yes. And you could really swing towards the sovereignty or the free will. And it's funny because if you swing either side, you're going to end up kind of in the same place, which is kind of 
ironic if yeah. you think about it. Yeah. Um, and so, and that's what I love about Doc John, really, because of just like his training and his schooling is that, you know, he's he's been in both worlds yeah. pretty heavily. Sees both sides. Sees both sides of it, and I think in in biblically there are both sides. Yeah. You know, very evident. Even though the word free will is never used in scripture, that's where we'll end it. <laughs> <laughs> but we still we do have free yeah, will, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, the concept of the Trinity or the word Trinity is not in scripture either, but the concept yeah. is very much evident. So. Yes. Sorry, I, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> well, well, I, I think even uh, people may feel as though the concept of free will negates from the sovereignty of God, but I think it even. Uh, just um, emphasizes it even more that God is still so sovereign that we even have free will yeah. and mm. he can yeah. use right. us to make like I, I think I heard someone say one time that God will use his hand but he'll also use our hands too. yeah that's so good um, and even thinking about you know Moses and the children of Israel when they're on the edge getting ready to pass to the Red Sea they're crying out and to Moses and Moses is like stand still and see the goodness of God Moses is looking at God and God replies back what are you doing use what I gave you stretch out your hand so I right. think there's just beauty in seeing how they both play together yeah and, uh, i think there's a lot of uh, it's so good it's so true because that's where like god is glorified in that mm -hmm. god yes. is glorified in our free will to make much of him and trust him and that's where it comes into that's why you can't negate kind of either side right to go like oh i'm not going to do anything yeah or uh, when you end up on that free will uh, yeah. all free will side then it's like well what do we need god for and we need to be humble in our theology you know, yes. and I've I mean, that's something I've walked with you a lot on Pastor Brian of like just talking through because like I've swung super hard to one side. But it's like, yeah, over time and you similarly like you as you mature and you just kind of like hear and you mm -hmm. listen and you realize like, oh, maybe yeah. I don't know everything. <laughs> massive. I always it's think it's massive <laughs> when when people like I remember hearing the saying a few years ago that like, uh, you know, I know that what's meant for me like will never miss me and what's not meant for me will like always pass me by or something like that. And mm -hmm. at first I'm like, okay, that's a good saying. But then I started to think about it and it kind of comes with like this like connotation of if we don't do anything, we can just like chill and sit back and be like, ah, God's still going to bring me, you know, all this blessing and all this opportunity and stuff like that. It's like, no, like yeah, there's still action that is involved in that. Yeah. You if know what not I mean? you, 100%. then someone else. Essentially. Right, right, right. right. And so yeah. for that, you just can make whatever choices you want. It's okay because, like, yeah. God's going to honor that. Yeah, and in the same breath as, like, God is fully sovereign, it's like your choices have an impact mm -hmm. and there are consequences. Yeah. But all of that, like you said, Ennis, is, like, within the realm of his sovereignty, which yep. is what's incredible. Yeah. And that God is just so much larger than we can even, yeah. like, realize. So we have to, like, yeah. have the humility to be like, I don't, I don't understand this completely, but I'm going to rest on what I do know. Yep. And the things that you do know, God has made knowable to you. And just, like, rest in those truths. And they, they should be able to comfort you, even when you have questions that are yeah. this heady. That's so good. We're out of time, dude. Out of time. If that's, that might be as right on the money as we've ever so been. So clean. Oh, I know, because there's that. another question I wanted to. Uh, this question's a little bit easier. It actually is significantly more easy. You only one. have one pinned contact. Respect. Respect. That's it. Same. Same? You're number one. Same. You're only one. Number one only I got, one. I got to reevaluate my priorities. <laughs> I, was, I, get, I, I was going like to be like, I I was gonna be like is it April? And then I was like, what if it wasn't? It's the Nick. He's like, respect, bro. Love you. It's the Yad group chat. But what if No, I said this literally just for tonight because I knew you were going to look over it.
I was the guy that had the MySpace top 40. Oh, that'd be so funny if I did that. Dang it. Just putting Nick up there. <laughs> I'd like, That's are we a, best friends? That is so good. Uh, John 1-9 KJV, it says, that was the Ooh. true light which light, lighteth. I love the KJV. KJV, Every man. In NIV, it doesn't have the second half. And in the mm. NSAB, it says it, it enlightens every man. What does it mean to light or enlighten every man? And if it means a revelation of God, how can that be? So because many people didn't believe in Jesus even after the resurrection, and now many don't either. That's the question. We'll get to it next week. Next week. Well, youth, we love you. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Youth After Dark. We will see you at church Sunday morning, 9 a.m., 11 a.m., 1 p.m. We'll see you back here next Wednesday night and then next Thursday morning for the next episode of Youth After Dark. We love you. Youth, be blessed. Hey, church, True North Youth is happening on Wednesday nights right here at our Mullica Hill campus at 7 o'clock. It's from 7 to 8.30, and we really want to cultivate an environment of just relationships and encouragement right here at youth. So no matter where your student finds themselves during the week, whether they have a, a good week at school or a t bad week at school, where they're struggling in sports or wherever they may find themselves, they can come in on a Wednesday night and experience some encouragement, some hope, some peace that they can come in during praise and worship and have a God encounter. And we really believe that when they come into youth on a Wednesday night, they're gonna leave changed, empowered, and encouraged. So we would love to host your students here at youth. 7 o'clock right here at our Mullica Hill campus. We would love to see them out.